Welcome to the MOD Report. This is the show where we talk all things HR and the crazy things we go through in the hospitality industry. I'm your host, Dr. Ryan Giffen, and today I first rant about the serious price for poor leadership. And then we're joined by Amber Michael, my former student and now a hospitality professional, to hear from her whether a college degree is helpful for industry professionals. Lastly, we'll dive into the final segment of the MOD report. I don't want to give too much away, but it involves an upset guest at a front desk employee who later tries to play matchmaker. Abusive management is tragically common in the hospitality industry, but that does not mean it must be accepted as a part of life. If a manager is being a tyrant and mistreating employees, that needs to be addressed immediately. Letting them go is possibly the best solution. In other cases, that leader may be the right person for the managerial role. They just might not know how to manage properly. At least not yet. Some people say that there's always a but. I like to think that there's always a yet. The manager simply might not have the experience yet or the training yet to do the right thing. Maybe they're micromanaging, not delivering effective feedback to their teams, not communicating properly, etc. I say simply not to diminish the issue, but to express that those types of things can be changed. And we owe it to our businesses to give great people the chance to be incredible managers. If you have a troubled department, you need to dive deeper into what's going on. Involve management of the troubled department or departments and make them accountable to improve things. Accountability is key. If the managers are causing the problems, then move on from that person or actively work with them to improve. Do this through both training and weekly one-on-one check-ins. If a manager doesn't want or have the ability to do that for their employees, it's time to move on. Or as we say in human resources, it's time to document them out. You see, there's a serious price you will pay for poor leadership. If an employee has to come in to a harsh and toxic work environment every single day, chances are that they are not performing as well as they could and should be. That's not gonna fly for very long in any industry. But in hospitality, which is customer and client facing, how is that gonna work out? I mean, really, how do you think the customer or the guest is going to feel when they encounter an employee who's working in a toxic work environment. Trust me, they will feel that negativity from the employees. And that's the serious price you will pay for continuing to keep poor leadership. In this age of online reviews, employee interaction with guests is extra critical. One connection no longer counts as just one, but as many. With a few clicks on the keyboard, one customer can influence dozens, 
hundreds, heck, even thousands or millions of potential customers whom choose to visit your business. The key word here, folks, is choose. The customer chose you and they can easily choose someone else. And because of stiffer competition, businesses are innovating to stay ahead, making more quality personal connections with guests before, during, and after a visit. An abusive manager will not be able to get an employee to successfully make that effort for long. And outside of that, there can be serious legal ramifications to mismanagement. How long will you tolerate poor management or leaders? Better yet, ask yourself, why do you even tolerate it in the first place? I want you to dig deep, and I mean real deep, and ask yourself why you tolerate it. If you knew that your daughter or your son or any loved one was being treated so poorly by an authoritative figure, would you tolerate it? Would you tolerate it? Probably not. So why would you tolerate it when one of your managers or leaders are treating your employees in an abusive manner? I'm very excited to interview our next guest, Amber Michael, an executive meetings manager at a resort in Huntington Beach, California. Amber, welcome to the MOD Report. Hi, I'm excited to be here. Great to have you. We are um, broadcasting this in my makeshift home studio. This is a form. Amber's a former student of mine visiting a professor's house. How does that make you feel? Interesting. I've always wondered what your decor was like in your house, and it's <laughs> met my expectations. Good. Awesome. Well, um, it's interesting. It's hard to believe that we first met in 2016, 2017 academic year when I was your professor in hospitality management at Orange Coast College. And then surprise, surprise, when I left Orange Coast College, I ended up at California State University, Long Beach, where we brushed shoulders again in 2018-2019 academic year. And in May 2019, just a few months ago, you earned your Bachelor of Science degree in hospitality management from Cal State Long Beach. So here we are, full circle. Yeah. It feels nice. <laughs> Crazy, right? So for our listeners, let's just uh, start briefly at the beginning so we get an idea of um, of who you are. First question I have is, is what generational box do you identify with most? Um, I definitely identify with Gen Z more than millennial, and it's it's been a weird findings online between the two different years and where one ends where one begins because it doesn't seem like there's a solid answer on mm -hmm. that yet <laughs> yeah so you're 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 like on the cusp like the borderline so right. are there specific characteristics of the gen z that you identify with yeah i was looking through a few articles and i found some relation relations that i um that i identify with and one is we're more entrepreneurial um, we are better multitaskers and we grew up in a world where we didn't know what anything but technology was. Mm -hmm. Um, so a few of those things I was like, yep, that's me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, um, how about give us a quick snapshot of your resume? In other words, your work experience before 
during and after college? Yeah, so I started work when I was 15 and a half. I wanted to start right away. I was working at Pick of Six for four years on and off. Um, I then went to serving basically with a few in-between jobs and I've been serving throughout college. Um, I nannied a few times and I've always been in the hospitality industry, whether it was serving or retail for a few months and whatnot. Um, and then I, my last job before my current position at the hotel was a server at Lucille's. So oh. I've always been in hospitality. I love, love people. <laughs> love it. Love it. Love it. And, and today, like we mentioned in the, um, in the beginning, you're an executive meetings manager at a resort in Huntington Beach. What is, what does that entail exactly? An executive meetings manager? What does your day to day look like? <laughs> Big question. Um, so I'm just going to tell you my market, and if mm-hmm. you understand, I don't understand it sometimes. Yeah, yeah I hear you. <laughs> so I book all social events, whether it's a baby shower, wedding, um, retirement party, anything, any size. I've done weddings for 20 people. I've done weddings for 150 to 200 people. Um, I do all executive meetings as well. That's why I have that executive in my title. Um, So those CEOs that want to just have it with their leadership team, I am the one they contact. So I'm in contact with a lot of um, big professionals. And I also do room blocks, 10 peak and under. So if Mm -hmm. there's 10 straight nights for four nights, that's all me, no matter what meeting size is attached to that. Um, It's just a whirlwind. My... I should be in the office nine to five, but I'm in the office eight to eight. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. the The title of this um, this podcast is uh, focusing around whether or not really a college degree in hospitality is needed uh, to go into the profession. So um, I kind of want to make this transition here and talk a little further about that and ask what inspired you to start a hospitality management degree in the first place. You, you started at Orange Coast College, right? And then you transferred to Cal State Long Beach? Yes and no. Okay. So I started my academic career at Sacramento State and I Sorry. was a child development major. Um, I went to my aunt's wedding and I was like, wow, I love weddings. And I wanted to be a wedding planner after that. So I went and changed my major to recreation, parks and tourism. And there I found out more about the hospitality life and I don't like outdoors. And I didn't know why I was at recreation and parks basically. And I started looking into um, if there was a hospitality degree because I didn't know about it. And I found it Um, My school didn't offer it. They do now or they will in the near future. Um, So I came back home to Orange County, went to OCC for a year and was accepted to um, Cal State Long Beach and Pomona. And that was a hard choice on the hospitality Mm -hmm. um, degree. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But we all know that Cal State Long Beach is better. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Just kidding. To all my colleagues at Cal Poly Pomona, I love you. Um, so great. So, um, what inspired you? Was it that wedding that you went to? Yeah. Um, initially it was the wedding. I've always loved hotels and traveling, um, not necessarily outside of the United States, but, um, just staying many staycations in Huntington beach, um, because I live close by, but I was just thinking about how I could be a server basically, but not have that five to 12 job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. No doubt the hospitality industry keeps you on your toes. It does. Every day is different. Very. 
So what makes you stay in hospitality? In fact, specifically hotels, because you know there are many sectors of hospitality. So what, what makes you stay in this crazy industry that's not your normal nine to five? Right, well you said it right before that was um, every day is different and to go back into the beginning of my college uh, career, I was a child child development major and I had done a few classes and I was like, wow, this is the same thing every day, repeats the year. And it wasn't something I was looking for. And when I found weddings, it was every bride is going to be different. Um, one is going to be more crazy than the other. And then I started taking classes in Long Beach and the more I, I learned about the different segments of hospitality, I was wondering what can I do to be in a nine to five job in hospitality so I can have a family life outside of that. Um, not too possible, but it mm -hmm. is possible if you want it to be. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and then I found sales and hospitality and that's, that's where I fell in love and it was my home and my place to be. Um, although it doesn't give me the nine to five always, it does allow me to have that freedom um, and I think that's why I like staying in the hotel part of it is because I get that hustle and bustle of never knowing what's going to happen. But I also have um, the security that my job is there Monday through Friday. I, I know I'm going to go to work. I know I'm going to be scheduled because I'm salary now. So, yeah, yeah. Great. And it's local, right? Because your family's still in Orange County. Yeah, it's somewhat local. We're in South Orange County. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. So pretty close-ish. It's a drive. <laughs> it's worth not paying it's rent, though. Close to Sacramento. That's yeah. true. That's true. Very close. Um, okay, so since earning your degree and going out to conquer the world, has college helped you? Has it helped you in preparation of the workplace? Uh, yes, more than it would have if I didn't go to college. Um, I think that I was lucky enough to get the position I did because I had that college degree back me up and it credited me more than it would have credited my colleagues mm. that were up for the position as well. Um, I definitely learned a lot about sales within the college career that I had, but I would have liked to learn a little bit more about sales, definitely. I think we focused a lot mm -hmm. on front office and restaurant, um, and maybe that's my fault for not looking for more of a sales um, class, but yeah. it it helped because I knew different parts of the hospitality and hotel world as well. Like I knew about housekeeping in different ways. Um, I know about the food and beverage in different ways that many people don't ever see. Mm -hmm. Same with front office. I was able to land a front office job um, pretty easily because I was in the hospitality um, industry already. So I think knowing the ins and outs of a hotel really helps you understand your position a lot more and it really makes you appreciate the other departments and how they really help you to sell the hotel. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting because um, I think depending on the person, depending on the student um, that's in a program, you have some students who are inspiring to be an owner or a general manager and they feel like they are lacking finance like f understanding finance oh, yeah. and hospitality and hotel finance and you know others like I'm the same way I, I wish I had more formalized sales training before I became a sales manager yes. um, it was just kind of 
you know, having Marriott kind of teach me the ropes, which is great, but I wish I, I had that before. But then there's other people that, you know, the food and beverage route, um, so they focus on that area. And uh, a school like Johnson & Wales University has a highly culinary focus, and even Cal Poly Pomona has you do restaurant management as part of their program, so it, I think it really depends. But, um, so yeah, so that's good. W would you say, it sounds like the degree um, has helped you, um, so would you agree or disagree that your hospitality degree would help you in the future as a professional? I would definitely say that it will help me in the future. I think a lot of people right now are going towards not getting their degree and I think that's okay. Everyone has their own path, but I do think it gave me more knowledge than it would have and I would have had to work my way up rather than be able to apply for the jobs that I did and get the executive meetings manager position, I want to say like two months out of college. Mm -hmm. and that's rare to see mm -hmm. right now, especially in my age group. Um, I want to eventually own my own hotel. And uh, like you were just saying, it's, I lack the financial knowledge and I definitely will have to research that more in the future when I want to start thinking of that. But one day I will own my own hotel yeah. and college will definitely be a huge factor in the knowledge I have to do that. Yeah, and whether that is, you know, through a certification program, Cornell has a great um, program where you can earn certificates in very specialized areas like finance. Um, same with Harvard. Yeah. Um, and it's all online and remote, which is... When I find the time. <laughs> I know, I hear you, I hear you. Great, so... Um, well, on that, this is a relatable question to that, which is how can hospitality management degrees, whether at a community college level or university, improve to better serve professionals like yourself? What are some areas in which these universities or colleges, what, where are they lacking to where you feel that they could better serve the student population for the future hospitality professional? Wow. That is um, a large question that I may or may not know how to answer in the correct way. Your opinion. It's all opinion based. <laughs> so I would say, first of all, thank you to all my professors that led me to where I am today because I think every single class played its own part in what I have learned. Um, at OCC, there was a lot of different classes like interview techniques that really helped me. And, when I see people coming in for interviews to my hotel and I see just one mm. slight thing off, I want to just go up to them and be mm -hmm. like, do you know not to be on your phone while you're waiting for an interview? And People do that. Oh, it's That's terrible. <laughs> like text messaging during an interview? No, during, like before. They'll oh, right. Like arriving wait. two minutes late, like mm -hmm. you have to be there 10 minutes early. Yeah. Um, but I think, like I said earlier, is... I didn't learn a lot about sales until I was in sales. I knew how a hotel worked and I knew what to point out because of the degrees that I had. Um, but I don't think I ever took a class that was, how, here's how you sell. And that may be because that's in a business degree and not in a mm -hmm. hospitality degree. Mm -hmm. But um, I would definitely say adding more of that. Um, and also, more classes where you have to learn about communication. You have to talk to people every day, new people, um, people that are different than you and different styles. And I would have liked to know how to handle different situations as well. Mm. Um, group projects definitely helped with that because you learn your 
the students you are with don't always think the same way as you. Um, but we're always growing in the hospitality industry, and I know that things were still developing when I was still at school. So um, I, it's a great program already. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's. I remember um, when I was, you know, I've taught at both four-year universities and the two-year community college. And one of the trends I've noticed in the community college, you have ages, students that are age 16 to 60 years old mm -hmm. in the classroom that you are put into group projects with. Yes. If you can remember back in those days. I do. Compared to a traditional four-year university program where your average student is anywhere between 17 years old to 22 years old. You know, it's very, you know, right. very specific without any work experience most of the time. Yeah. Compared I, to the, yeah. I would say it's harder to work with those students that are at the four-year uh, Mm -hmm. four-year college rather than the two-year um, community mm -hmm. college because I feel like those the difference in age groups are those people are there because they want to be no one's forcing you to go to these community colleges you're not paying as much to go to these community colleges so it's really just commitment that you have making you ambitious to learn um, so those older students that were in my classes um, showed a lot of passion and mm -hmm. they wanted to work with you and um, what I noticed in my four-year college, um, Cal State Long Beach, was there were some people that were there to party and they didn't want to answer my text messages about mm -hmm. group po projects and people didn't care about your opinion. They were like, my way or the highway. And it's just, it's a lot different. Yeah, yeah. But you also get that in the real world in the workplace is the my way or the highway based off of that department or whatever it is. Yes, you do. Brutal. Well, we're coming up on the clock. So um, as you know, as a listener of this podcast, I ask my guests the same question. And that is, is if you could go back in time and give one piece of advice to your 20 year old self, what would it be? Now, 20 years old was not that long ago for you. Three especially years. Three years ago. So <laughs> let's go back to when you were 18 years old. Maybe you're a high school senior or just graduating high school. What would you tell your 18 year old self? I would say listen to your parents, and I know that's overdone, but they really gave me a lot of advice, and moving away from home wasn't necessarily the best decision, even though it was the more fun decision, mm. um, and definitely paying attention in my classes. I think I would have figured out a lot sooner that child development wasn't for me if I was more into the classes rather than the partying because I did mm. join a sorority and mm -hmm. um, partying is not the whole part of those um, clubs yeah. sororities but it was definitely a huge factor and I I think I didn't listen to the career paths that I was given options of and definitely knowing um, to contact your counselors and talking to your professors because they want to help you they don't want you to be stuck somewhere and um, they want to get you out and into the real world. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, thank you for driving down to Long Beach, just down the highway. It was fun. Appreciate it. PCH drive. Yeah, yeah. And for our listeners, make sure you uh, stay tuned because our MOD report is actually a story told by Amber herself. So stay tuned. It sounds like an interesting one. It's going to be fun. <laughs> tell the story all the time. I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you again. Thank you. It's time for the MOD report, the segment where we tell you about a crazy experience you've been through at your work location. 
working at the front desk, you definitely deal with a lot of different types of people and have to overcome a lot of conflicts sometimes on your own. So I was closing one night and got a call from a guest saying that their 10 p.m. arrival time has changed to a 2 a.m. arrival time because their flights were getting delayed over and over again. So I asked them what she needed from me and she said that she wanted to make sure her check-in process was smooth and all she had to do was arrive and get her keys to go to the room. So I said, I can make this happen. Let's get you settled and make sure everything goes smoothly when you get here so late because all she wanted to do was go to bed. So I gave her a credit card authorization form and she was filled it out while we were on the phone, sent it back and made sure everything Um, was taken care of as far as the deposit and that she was still booked into her suite um, as this was an important part of her trip for her because she had her son in town that wanted to stay with her possibly and the suite gives an extra bed. So I emailed the night audit, put notes on the reservation and said, this guest is not going to arrive until 2 a.m. Do not change the room type. I told the audit to not roll the night until um, after their arrival and to make sure that they had a smooth check-in process. So I left and everything was okay. Everything was communicated. And I arrived the next morning. I did a clopen, which is a closing opening shift. And I got an email from the night auditor saying that this guest arrived and they were not put into a suite. So my night auditor was still there and I walked up to them and I said, Hey, what happened with this guest? Why were we not able to give them a suite or at least an oceanfront to make up for it? And they said that since we were almost sold out, someone had upgraded during the night shift and um, we were unable to offer that suite upon their arrival. So what turned into a two-minute check-in process really turned into a hour-and-a-half check-in process because of the frustration and trying to get them into the correct room and not wanting to frustrate the guest And this was not what was planned and not what was communicated and not what I promised the guest. So they walked down in the morning and spoke to me. And in their mind, it was my fault that they did not get put into the room that they booked. And I apologized and said, I am sorry for what happened. And I was going to fix this and we were going to get them into a new room and make sure that it's comparable or at least a suite. And I said, I wanted to get them to an ocean front and they were happy with this and said that we're going to go out and explore and we'll be back. So our check-in time is, I'm sorry, our checkout time is not until 12 PM. So a lot of guests who are in ocean front rooms want to sleep in and enjoy this view as long as they can. And this particular day, no one checked out early enough for me to get their room rushed before the 12 PM checkout time. So these guests kept checking in and the frustration grew larger as the as time went on and they wanted to just get checked into a room and ended up becoming extremely frustrated with me and they didn't even want my help at this point. They just said, get us into room. And I said, I have your room almost done. It's now almost 1 p.m. at this point. And they said they just wanted to get settled and enjoy their vacation, which I understood. And I empathized with the guests and I, I was trying to say, I understand. And you really just have to listen to the different complaints they have because they want to be heard. They don't necessarily want a problem solving at the moment. They just want to know that you understand their frustration with the situation. 
So I asked them to give me a few more minutes. I tried talking to them in a casual manner. They had bought shoes, I think. And I was saying, oh, how was your shopping? Where did you go out to? All this stuff. They didn't have it with me. They just said, we'll wait for you to um, tell us when our room's ready. So I heard that I wasn't going to have a room until probably another hour, but I did have a two bed oceanfront room, which was a suite. But the problem was it was a queen bed instead of a king bed. So I said, can I take you to this room and show you it? If you decide you don't like it, we'll wait for the next one. But I just want to get you into a room as fast as I can. And this is what I have available. So at first they were hesitant and she was like, well, what are you going to do for me? Give me all this free stuff, blah, 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 blah. She said she worked for a third party company and understands how hotels work and she wasn't going to take the easy road out. So I showed them this room and they ended up being okay with it. And they said, let us take this room and we'll be fine. So I said, let me get your luggage. And they did not want me to do the luggage for them. They wanted to go up to the room by themselves. And I said, okay, let me get your keys changed to the new room and um, I'll send you up to the old room. You'll get your luggage and you can just go straight to your other room and we don't have to talk much more. They were happy with this and I got them their new keys and I said, please let me know if you need anything else. Well, as soon as they walked away and got into the elevator, my heart dropped because once you rekey a room, the keys that they have no longer work. And I was so scared because I had already switched over their room and did not give them enough time to go up and get into their old room um, before the keys locked out. So I ran up there and I was in the elevator panicking, thinking that they were sitting outside of their room, just angry with me or that they were going to be on the opposite elevator as me and not be able to meet each other. So I go up there and their room has a do not disturb sign on it. And I was like, worst case scenario, they get more mad at me than they already are. So I knocked and they answered the door and I told them what I had just went through emotionally. I was like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe that you were in this room. I, I thought I locked you out and I'm so sorry. And I just, I was like, do you need any help? And they laughed at me, not with me. <laughs> and they said, no, we're fine. We're grabbing our luggage right now. So we took an elevator ride down with each other and I was just building rapport and they were smiling with me and their attitudes had completely changed from the first moment I talked to them in the morning. So we discussed how their son lived down here and how they moved away from home and they were sad about that and I told them that I was going through the same situation with my parents and I was just trying to connect with them on a different level rather than just a working relationship level. So by the time that we got out of the elevator and I went back to the front desk and we said our goodbyes, they said, well, are you going to be around for dinner? And I was like, no, I'm leaving before three o'clock. And they said, oh, well, our son's coming and we'd love for you to meet them. So what turned into this situation of them being very mad at me um, for not having their room type that I promised them they went from very mad to wanting to set me up with their son. And that is something I've never experienced in my life. And it was just hilarious that I was able to just completely turn the situation around. And I think everyone should take away from this that all you have to do is listen to a guest and connect with them on a deeper level rather than just saying, how's your day or how is your stay going? What can I do for you? And 
the room situation, you need to just connect with them. And that's the biggest thing. And that's what they took away from this whole situation. And they ended up saying that they were going to stay here again. And I might be a part of the family. (laughs) That's it for today. I want to thank you for listening. Please tell your friends, your frenemies, and your coworkers about us. Subscribe and leave a review. It really does help the MOD report get out to those who need to hear it. I'm Dr. Giffen, and this has been the MOD Report. See you next time.